Well, hey friends, it's Anne Eileen Thompson. Welcome to the Faith Driven Leader Podcast. If you're new here, thank you so much for joining us. We love to tell the stories of incredible faith driven leaders who are integrating their faith into their leadership and all the aspects of their life. And our guest today is my good friend, Laura Smith. Laura is a gifted writer, a speaker, and she's a gentle and joyful and peaceful soul that I really believe we can all learn something from. We're gonna to talk today about her new book, which is called Holy Care for the Whole Self, which is really a guide to how we can welcome Jesus into our anxiety, into our challenges with our mental health, about, about how he cares about our mental well-being, and he wants goodness for us in those places as well as some really practical guidance for how we can partner with Jesus through our anxieties. So let's jump right into my conversation with Laura Smith. Well, hey, Laura Smith, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's so fun to be on your show, Anne. Yay. Uh, so you are just releasing a new book this week, I think. What number book is this for you? I believe it's 13. Wow. So, yeah. It's a baker's crazy. Dozen. God has been so good. Yeah. Baker's Dozen. I like to look at it that way. That's awesome. Yeah. It's oh. crazy. Yeah. I remember when I started writing saying if I could, because the first couple of things I ever published were like short stories and articles. And I was like, if I could ever just write a book, that would be amazing. And I'm just in awe of what God has allowed me to do that. I'm allowed to do this as my job is crazy. Wow. That's awesome. Well, I want to talk specifically about the book in a little while, but you know, you even mentioned like you used to write articles and things like that. I was thinking about the number of people who come up to me and say, I think I'm going to write a book someday, or I need to write a book. There's a book inside me. It just needs to get out. And I think many of us have that feeling like I want to write a book someday. I'm curious for you, like, tell us a little bit of the story of how you got from maybe I'll write a book someday. Wouldn't it be cool to write a book someday? Like, and, and what role did your faith play in getting you there? Because it's a little bit of an entrepreneurial venture to write oh, a book. For sure it is. For yeah. sure it is. So I've always wanted to be a writer. I mean, when I was a little girl, I spent my days at the library, like reading books. I always, always dreamed of being an author, but I never told anyone because I was such a book nerd. Like to me saying, I want to grow up and be a writer was like saying, I want to grow up and be a rock star. Like it just seemed so mm. far-fetched, so out there to me that it was just kind of that dream that like, be like saying, when I grow up, I'm going to be Taylor Swift, right? Like just that yeah. just was so unattainable that people would just laugh at me. That's how badly I wanted to be a writer. And really it wasn't until my husband, Brett and I were married. We had bought our first house. We were pregnant with our first child and he's really good at asking questions. I know you know him. So, you know, he's, that's a gift. He of his. Is. And yes. he said to me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And like, I had a <sighs> career leasing shopping malls. Like I said, we had a house and we were married and we were pregnant. Like I kind of thought I was grown up. Um, it spilled out of me that I'd always wanted to be a writer and I had never really told anybody. Wow. And Brett is such an encourager. He's like, why don't you do it? Because at that point we had decided I couldn't, the job I had, I traveled so much I could, mm -hmm. and there wasn't a part-time or a job share or Zoom or anything. This is 25 years ago. 
I knew I wasn't going to be able to continue in that role and take care of our newborn daughter as I hoped I could. So I already knew that there was a shift coming for me. And he's like, well, why don't you just write? And I gave him a thousand reasons why I couldn't like, well, I don't have an English degree. I have a marketing degree and I've never written (laughs) anything. And you have to be like famous to do that. And like, and he just kept shutting it down. He's like, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you? And literally within a week, we lived in Atlanta at the time. We got a piece of mail from Georgia State University that had a continuing ed class on creative writing at the branch campus that was five minutes from our house. No way. I mean, people ask for signs from God. This was like, (laughs) (laughs) ah. And so I signed up and I took this class. And as a mama of a newborn, honestly, it was a excuse to like get dressed and like mm-hmm. actually like put on lipstick and get out of the house. And it was just a launching pad to make me start writing. So I think, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do, but God gave me that open door to step into it. Yeah. I'm just super grateful. I love hearing that story. And one of the things I, I really believe, you know, God says we are made in his image and he is a creator. Yes. And, and I think somewhere in all of us, there's a creative gift somewhere, whether it comes out as writing or paint or poetry or, you know, interior design, some way that that gift wants to come out of us. But I think so many of us, and we, many times it's evident in our childhood Mm -hmm. and the thing that we love and the thing that we love to do and that we, we want to be when we grow up, but somehow we talk ourselves out of it. And in lots of different ways, we talk ourselves out of it, I think, but what a beautiful story of God kind of taking that thing that was planted in you as a child and really bringing it through and the, the fruit of your obedience in that to follow through on the thing that he gifted you to do. It's just, it's obvious. It's obvious that that that's how he gifted you and that you're now giving that back to the world. I'm so grateful that you leaned into that. You're very sweet. I just feel honored that I get to do it. Ah, I love it. I love it. Well, I know this, the new book that you are releasing right now is Holy Care for the Whole Self. Right. And I know this is a book all about mental health, yeah. which is such a um, important topic right now. Tell me a little bit about your heart behind this book. Why did you write this and why now? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I experienced trauma as a little girl mm. and as a child, that was just my life. Like mm. I didn't know it was trauma. I didn't know it didn't feel right, but I didn't know it was necessarily wrong and that was just the reality that I lived in and the lens that I saw everything through. As I grew up and got out of our house, you know, you start to realize things start to click like that wasn't right. There was something wrong with that. And my faith really helped me a ton process and grow and heal from some of that trauma. But it wasn't until about four years ago that I actually got counseling. And Mm. when I got counseling, it just opened up my eyes to so many things that I didn't know that I blamed myself for labels that I put on myself that were actually just results of something that had happened to me. And it just opened my eyes so much that I can live a more full and abundant life, which is what Jesus calls us to John 10, 10. I've come so that you can have life so they can have it to the full when I am caring for my mental health. And as I was learning more how to care for myself and my mental health, It was crazy to me how many of like the top tips and tricks for mental health professionals are biblical. 
And I was like, well, this makes so much sense because God wants wholeness and fullness for us, body, mind, and spirit. So of course he would weave things into scripture that would be good for our mental health. Like you just said, creativity, like that we all have a creative something in us. It's God, the creator. When you create things, it increases your endorphins. It increases your sense of self-worth. It lowers your stress and your anxiety. Like doing creative things, it's good for your mental health. Well, God told us that from the get-go by putting us in his creation, by creating, by making us in his image. So it was so cool to me. And I was like, I need to tell more people how important it is that they care for their mental health, that they're not putting it off like I did for so long. And so many people in the church who feel like perhaps they just aren't praying hard enough or that they shouldn't tell people about their mental health struggles because they are afraid they'll be shamed or that their faith isn't strong enough. Um, I did air quotes for those listeners there, like your faith isn't on a strength scale. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, it's enough. And mustard seeds are itty bitty. Um, So I just wanted other people to know like how much God cares about their mental health. That's so important to him because he loves us so much. And that when you are doing mental health practices, you're not going against the Bible. You're actually very much in accordance with God's will for your life. That's such a good point. And I do think that the prevalence of kind of anxiety, people feeling some kind of mental instability and recognizing their need for mental health has increased. So I think people recognize I need to take care of my mental health, but you're right. There is sometimes a little bit of a doing it God's way. I'm using the air quotes now. Does that just right. look like I have to pray the right way or, you know, it, and it's, it's so much more than that. So I think right. you're, you're really hitting a, a really important truth there that actually there's a lot of suggestions in scripture that help us to manage our mental health and to ensure that we can become more whole. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. You talked about kind of this trauma in your past and that you started doing some counseling and then started realizing some of the ways that you could heal from some of this stuff. I'm curious for people who are struggling with anxiety right now, connect the dot for us. Cause I know there's a dot connect here between how I'm feeling mental health wise now and stuff that happened in my past. How are those two things connected? Yeah. So a couple of things. We are anxious when we're not living in the present, when we're either worried about the past or about the future. And, you know, God tells us to live in this present moment now that he has for us. And obviously easier said than done because we do have things in our past and there are things coming up in our future. But when we live in the present, in the present, then we can't be anxious. It's just when we're back or forth. And all of us have a past and all of us have had bad things happen in our past yeah. because we live in a broken world. I mean, people are mean to us and we don't get invited. And, you know, there are accidents and diseases and, you know, we all have some hurt and pain in our past and we create these schemas in our brain on how we see the world. And they're usually for protection, right? Like, so yeah. we know if something bad happens, how we can protect ourselves. Now, I'm also going to say, I'm not a mental health professional, Let's just be clear. If you're having mental health issues, please go see someone who's actually trained in this. This is just my own personal journey, what I've learned. So just qualifier there for anyone listening. But then we kind of write these scripts in our brains for how we see things and how we should react. So today, if something happens to me that is normal, I might react out of self-defense, out of ways I've trained myself from the past, that it is a more dangerous situation than it actually is. And I understand that. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I am protecting myself. My, There were things in my childhood that were very unstable. So when, for example, when plans change, that really stresses me out. Like, yeah, it's not stressful if we change what we do for dinner tonight. 
but to me it is because growing up when things like that would change, it could mean something a lot more was going on. Yeah. So, but then I have, when you start taking care of your mental health and you start learning some of these things, you're like, okay, so I'm not an awful person, a freaky person, because I get stressed when dinner plans change. I'm not like just high strung or overly sensitive. Like those are bad labels that the enemy wants us to believe. What it is, is I'm a girl who's experienced trauma and is trying to learn to live in the fullness of God. And I need to talk to Jesus, pray, read scripture, and also do some mental health practices to help me retrain my brain how to deal with those situations. Yeah, that was really well said. This is a topic that's been really close to my heart lately for myself as well. Kind of similar to you, very similar story, like starting counseling and then realizing, oh, there are a lot more things that I can be doing to kind of help myself to retrain some of my thinking. And my therapist always says, we have to remember that we are in the here and now, not the then and there. Right. That's good. And that kind of your point about living in the present versus living in the past. It's what happened in the past helps us understand why we react the way we do, but then reminding ourselves, but that I don't, I'm not there anymore. I'm, I'm right here in the present and the change in dinner plans is not that big of a deal. Right. right. But it it does take some retraining and it almost feels elementary, but it's really not. It's simple, but it's not easy. Because it's the way we've always done something. So yeah. it's just just like, you know, if you've always, I don't know, done anything a certain way to change. If you've always driven on the right side of the road and you go to England or Australia, it's yes. really hard to figure out how to drive on the left hand side of the road, even though <laughs> you've been driving for years. Right. Like it's just yeah. hard to switch and you know you're supposed to and you know why you're supposed to. But it's not it's not just so easy to do so. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So I was thinking about, you know, in the book, you talk about some principles and some practices for how we actually care for ourselves so that we can be more whole. Tell us about a couple of those principles or practices. Yeah. So I think like number one is actually taking care of your physical needs. Are you getting enough rest seems to be the number one from almost everybody I know. If our bodies aren't rested, then our brains aren't rested and they're not going to be doing the work of our brains as well as they can be. Um, Our mental health will not be as stable as it will be if we're not rested. I get more angry, more edgy, whatever, if I'm not rested and everybody kind of has the things that happen, even if their mental health is in really great shape, if we're tired, we're not. Are you staying hydrated? Are you eating foods that nourish you well? Like those are just basics and so important. I feel like we lose sight of those physical, basic needs. So we can do those, then we're in good shape to do some other things, right? Um, I think some of the things that are so biblical are like, are we in community? I mean, from the Mm get-go, God says it's not good for man to be alone. And all throughout the Bible, you see God partnering people up together to um, overcome hard situations. And, you know, even starting with like, obviously Adam and Eve in the garden, but Noah didn't get sent on that boat by himself. He got sent with his right. wife and his family. Um, Cause that was a lot to endure by himself. And I think we so often try to like rave it out and tough it out and do it on our own or pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. And like, gosh, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So I think really having community is so helpful to process whatever's going on, whether that's trauma from your past or something stressful that's going on right now, or if you actually have like a mental health disorder, like PTSD or anxiety that you've been diagnosed with, like how do you get through those things alone? You're not supposed to. So having some really reliable, loving, preferably Jesus centric people in your lives that can help point you to truth is super helpful. Yeah. So take care of our physical needs make sure we have community 
Are there any others that we should kind of, that you'd want to highlight? I mean, for me, prayer and reading scripture are so important. Meditation is a big thing that mental health professionals will help tell you, like helps calm your brain, helps calm those busy mm -hmm. thoughts, um, helps bring you some peace and centeredness. But all of their research also shows that if it is prayer to a higher being versus just meditation, that all your results are actually improved. That if you are actually talking to the God of the universe, of course, that is more calming than just focusing on a positive thought. Um, yeah. If you are yeah. remembering that there is someone who created the whole world who loves you completely, you're going to rest and breathe a lot easier than if you're just like thinking, I am strong and capable. I believe you are strong and capable, whoever's lifting, but because God made you that way. Instead of just repeating that mantra, like having like actually talking to God about it is so, so helpful. And reading scripture points us back to truth. When you're talking about the past, like how we deal with that, a lot of times when we're something from the past sneaks up, it's really a lie. Like you can't handle this or you're all alone. And that's when you're looking at the past of time where you were alone or where someone left you or where you couldn't handle it or where it was yeah. too overwhelming. And those yeah. are lies from the enemy, just trying to tell you you're not enough and you're not good enough. And when you read the Bible, like Jesus says, never will I leave you or forsake you. So if you're thinking you're yeah. alone, you're not because Jesus promises never to leave you. If you're mm -hmm. thinking you're not capable, Jesus is like, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Yeah. My grace is sufficient. So you're like, I'm not sufficient. Jesus is like, but I am. And I'm yeah. with you. Like, so right. I believe when we read scripture, we're reminded of truth and that's super grounding and really helpful when we're wondering like what is actually going on here. Jesus always wants to remind us how much he loves us. You know, I was thinking about Laura, when you were talking that sometimes those lies that we believe feel like truth to us. Yeah. You know, because we've believed them for so long. Like, I'm needy or uh, like something that we think about ourselves. I'm too needy or I'm too talkative or I'm too quiet. A lot of times like these self descriptors that yeah. I think we give ourselves or sometimes we call them parts of our personality or something. And, and I'm curious for you, how has the Lord taught you to distinguish that you believe to be really true is actually a lie? Yeah. I think literally holding it up against scripture. So yeah. if you say like, I'm needy. Jesus says, cast all our cares on him. So he doesn't care if we have a lot of needs because right. he wants us to cast all of them on him. Okay. So what about like Ephesians 2.10 that says we are Christ's masterpiece. Okay. So if I am really chatty or really quiet, I'm still his masterpiece. So yeah. I'm not off. Or Psalm 139.14 says that even when we were in our mother's wombs that God was knitting us together. And I just envision him like stitch by stitch, like knitting mm -hmm. isn't something like that you just throw against the wall. Like it's, if you've ever seen somebody knit, like it is countless stitches. Intricate. And yeah. Intricate and time consuming and intentional. And I've seen people rip out whole rows of stitching to redo. And so like, yeah. so who we are is all these intentional stitches that God put together. And maybe, yes, we are loud or quiet or, just cerebral or funny or something that we think we're too much of. But when God put all those stitches in, that's when he said we were wonderful. Yeah. Like that it all fits together perfectly. So yeah. one aspect might feel like too much or not enough for us. But God says when he puts all those pieces together, that's when we're actually exactly how he intended us to be. So yeah. I really believe that going to scripture will always tell us truth versus lies. But we just have to be super intentional about going there and saying like, God, what do you want me to know about this? I'm just asking him also, like, 
am I too needy? Because I mean, listen, we're not perfect people. Sometimes we're grumpy. Like, was I wrong to say that? Sometimes yeah. we were wrong to say that. <laughs> like, yeah. Sometimes we totally should have stood. We should have stood up for that person or ourselves or that principle. And sometimes we should have kept our mouth shut. Um, yeah. But when we talk to Jesus, he'll let us know. But I think anything that is a negative about ourselves, like a qualifier like that, like I'm too needy, that's not true. We yeah. might have overextended, asked one person for too much. And maybe that wasn't kind of us or thoughtful of us, but yeah. overall, like God didn't create us to be too needy. Yeah. So I think going back to the Bible and then just spending time, I, I love to ask people to do this just to say like, close your eyes, inhale and exhale and ask Jesus what he thinks about you. What a great exercise. And it's always, always, always a sense of love. Yeah. It's just that it's this beautiful, no one's ever thinking like, no, it's always, it's just this feeling of love and joy and delight. There's never, if you honestly are seeking what he thinks of you, it's always love. So I I just encourage people to do that if they're trying to sort lies from truth. Yeah. It's so good. I was thinking, you know, those, those negative self-labeling, you know, that's essentially shame. Yes. Right. Saying I'm needy is very different than saying I was needy in that situation. Right. That was a, a one, there's maybe some guilt with that or some conviction in that, but, but the I'm needy is like a self-condemnation shaming kind of statement. You know, one thing that my husband will always say to me, if he, if I'm processing through something that I'm working on, he'll say, hold on a second. Like, I don't like that you're talking to my wife that way. Yeah. Right. See, here's what I'm saying to myself. And it, you know, if you project onto your child or something, like you wouldn't talk to your kid that way. You wouldn't talk to your friend that way. But we yeah. have these self-talk things that often are at the root of our anxiety or, you know, our our particular mental health challenge in a particular season might be these internal dialogues that we're having that to your point, I think you said so beautifully, it, when we go to scripture, we can find that they're just not true. Right. He didn't make us that way. He didn't make mistakes no. when he made us and, and no. such a beautiful distinction there for us to c- continue to work through. Walk me through, Laura, like what is the process? Let's say you realize that you have this thought about yourself or you realize that you are getting anxious in a particular situation. What's the process of working through that issue with Jesus? Like, what does that really look? Can you kind of take us through some of the steps there? Yeah. So if I'm in a good place, and I'm actually um, processing it with Jesus. It'll be like, okay, Lord, why do I feel this way? Like I feel angry right now, or I feel really tense about this or really anxious. And I either, I do know why it's because this, this, and this happened. And it's, it's just making me feel knotted up inside. And I wish he wouldn't have said that. And I wish they wouldn't have done that. And I wish I would have heard back on that. And all this seems to be happening at once. And I don't have enough time. And like, you can just see the thought spiral the spiral. And, going, yeah. and I just start talking to him, but I have to not just be like, just spit out all those things and continue. I need to pause and listen to him or keep talking and talking and talking until I get to a peaceful spot. And I believe that myself included a lot of us in our Insta world want Insta answers and Insta resolutions. And just because I can buy anything on Amazon and have it here by two o'clock this afternoon, doesn't mean that's how we sort through problems. And so I will often go on a run or a walk and just start like dumping it out to God. Like I'm feeling like this and I'm feeling like that. And this happened and this is making me feel. And if I will commit to an hour long walk or run talking to him, I'm always good by the end. 
I personally like to shut myself in my closet every day for about 15 <laughs> minutes and pray um, yeah. because it's just, it's quiet and it's dark and I won't hear anything else going on in my house. And it's on those days when I don't really take time for it that I kind of feel myself edging up. But when I do it and I commit to 15 minutes, which sounds like a lot to some people, like how will I find 15 minutes? But it's like, how can I not when it's yeah. for the God of the universe? And also it's really good for my soul. Some days everything's going great. And I just thank him for things or there are days when I fall asleep during that time because my body's really <laughs> tired and that's probably what I needed most that day. Yeah. But if I commit to that time also, if there's something stressful, like he helps me work through it and he brings usually yeah. not at all the answer I was looking for, but actually a better answer. Cause I'm like, so what should I say to that person to make them understand? And he'll be like, maybe you should, you know, call your daughter. And I'm like, what does that have to do with it? She's not like, but, but I call my daughter and she puts me in a great mood, right? Like, which changes my perspective on everything yeah. or so God will often just help us get out of things. And sometimes he'll just give me a verse in my head or just remind me of a certain word or just bring me a sense of peace, even when I was all like tangled up about something. So it's yeah. really just turning to God because he loves us so much and he wants goodness for us so much. And again, like in the moment when I, I said, that's when I'm doing well, if I'm not doing well, then I'm just like, so rah, 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 rah. and I just then <laughs> try to do eight more things. Right. And yeah, I like that. Right. I start making dinner. Or I like start sending emails and, and I don't allow myself the time to get back to a good baseline before I continue on with my day. But God is always there. You know, a bad thought pops in our head. I just want to be like, hold every thought captive. But if I just spit that out and don't actually take time to hold that thought captive, it doesn't do any good. Like I have to right. say that and be like, okay, so what? So that thought I shouldn't be thinking. That's a thought that makes me feel yucky. God, help yeah. me get rid of that thought. Help me like replace it with something replace good or, or, you know, so I think it's just being super intentional about not just shooing those bad thoughts away. Yeah. I love what you shared. And sometimes it just takes five minutes or the 15 minutes. I know for me, there are times when I start to get anxious and really what I just need to do is like go outside and take a three minute walk. Yeah. I don't have time for a 15 minute walk. I don't have yeah. time for the hour run right then, but right. take the 15 minute walk. The other thing that I was thinking about, you know, think sometimes, sometimes I have a hard time hearing from the Lord. Other times I hear really clearly from him because yeah. I have a hard time probably tuning into that that station in my head, if you will. And I've found that if I if I'm have a regular reading scripture reading plan, mm -hmm. that I can turn to wherever I'm reading and say, Lord, I'm just going to start reading and I'm asking you to highlight something for me. Yeah, for sure. And even if I don't have a regular reading plan, sometimes what I'll do if I'm in one of those places is I'll just say, I'm just going to open the book of Psalms someplace yeah. or open the book of Proverbs or open yeah. Isaiah, well, Isaiah or Hebrews, one of the ones that really oftentimes speaks to me mm -hmm. and just say, I'm going to read until I see the answer. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, that's and, awesome. and, but I, I love the, just the intentionality, I think is what both of us are essentially saying, yeah, like stopping For to sure. say, I'm not going to just sweep this under the rug. I'm going to go into this with and ask Jesus to come with me and help me through it. Yeah, for sure. And that's going to be different for everyone. Like you said, a three minute yes. walk, just getting outside, sometimes a change of scenery. Journaling yep. is helpful. Listen, sometimes medicine is the best thing. If you have a Christian yeah. counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist who has prescribed medication that can help you, then praise God for medicine that yeah. can help you. So, you know, there are so many different ways we can care for our mental health. There are, you know, all kinds of different 
some of my friends have like different tapping exercises they do, um, some things to yeah. just get you in the present again. So we're not in the past or the future, but like using our senses to like smell a candle or touch a fuzzy blanket and just kind of get mm. back into the present gratitude is brilliant. We cannot yes. actually have an anxious thought while we are expressing true gratitude. Our yeah. brains cannot do it. God has yeah. wired it. So our brains cannot be anxious if we're expressing gratitude. So either writing a gratitude list or taking pictures of things we're grateful for every day, or just pausing where we are and looking around and like saying, I'm, what are four things I see that are squares that I'm thankful for? And just like looking yeah. around until you right. can do like anchor yourself. So yes, it is the intentionality though. The not either sh shoving it away or numbing, which is something we're all guilty of, you know, just picking up our phones and like, I don't want to deal with it. So I'll scroll through Instagram. Yeah. But doing something intentional to take whatever the anxious, depressed, whatever manic thoughts that we're having and, and doing something intentional with them. Yeah. Whatever that feeling is or that thought. Yeah. So many of our listeners are coming from a place where they, they listen to this podcast because they want to learn how to be a better leader. They want to learn how to be a faith-driven leader. And they're thinking about how they practice their faith in the context of their work. Yeah. And I want to kind of connect some dots. So many of us feel a lot of anxiety at work. Right. So help us think through, you know, it, sometimes when I'm at work in the middle of a meeting, I can't take a five-minute walk. Right. For sure. Like, so how should we be thinking about inviting Jesus in, in those moments when we're feeling anxious at work and we've got to have our game face on, or we're doing a big presentation or we're, you know, what have you learned as you've explored in this area with, with Jesus about where is he to help us in those moments? Yeah. So I think there's both the kind of proactive and then the, in the moment. So, you know, you have a big presentation today be praying about it ahead of time. Ask some faithful friends, like I have a presentation at three that I'm really stressed about it. Can you be praying for me then? Like th there's, there's some proactive things we can be doing. I also believe like journaling about things we know that are coming up are a way to like also help us process those feelings with the Lord. Maybe reading some of our favorite verses that apply to the person we're struggling with at work or the situation at work that help us with that. So there's proactive things we can be doing about things yep. in a workplace. But when something's going on and you're at the office and like you said, I can't go for a walk and I can't take 15 minutes to pray. And like, what can you do then? I think there's all kinds of things I have on my laptop. I don't even know what it's called. It's some little bumpy strip I'm touching right now. It's like a worry strip or something. And it's just, yeah, uh, it's sensory. You rub it and all of a sudden I'm in the moment instead of in my anxious thoughts. There are some tapping things that I'm sure you could Google about like tap once on your right leg, twice on your left leg, and then once on your left leg and twice on your right leg that again, puts you in the present. You can have some sort of soft clothing always on you, or even like a soft piece of fabric in your pocket that you could touch to again, put you in the present. You can always just literally say in your head, Jesus, help me. Yeah. Jesus, it's I need your peace. Jesus, prayer. help me know what to say. Yeah. Jesus, should I speak or keep my mouth shut here? Yeah. Jesus yeah. somehow help me find two minutes to gather my thoughts, because if I say anything, I'm going to cry right now or scream right now or whatever, yeah. somehow give me a way. And he's so good. He'll be, he'll like, somehow it'll be like, okay, everyone, we're going to take a five minute break. And you're like, oh, thank you. God. Yeah. And like, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so I think, I just, I think like one being super proactive when we know things are going on or think something might happen, mm -hmm. but then also just having some ways some kind of tips and tricks in our pocket. Maybe it's a favorite verse that always calms us. For me, the 23rd Psalm does it. So if I could just like in my head, always mm -hmm. like pull it out of my pocket, like the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need, right? Like that's yeah. just, yeah. Um, so in this situation where I feel like I am not in control and things aren't going how I want them to, I have everything I need. Like, 
So having a Bible verse that you've memorized that just speaks to you, just having some kind of like tools in our tool belt that we know are helpful to us yeah, are just really handy. So good. So good. If someone is in a position of leadership, how do we help folks on our team who we know are, we, you know, sometimes you can read it on their faces or you see yeah. when people start to get, you know, their shoulders start to go up and they, they're getting anxious about something. Are there some things that we can do even as leaders to help people in those situations? I mean, not, this is obviously not, we're not, neither of us are psychologists or medical practitioners, but I just think as practically as believers, right? how do we help people who we know are going through some kind of anxiety? Yeah. I think one thing we can do in the workplace is to be a non-anxious presence to really be a peaceful presence. And that can even be done with our body posture. Like if we lean back, we look way more relaxed than if we're sitting forward. Yeah. Depending on the setting, you may or may not be able to do this, but like if you cross your hands kind of behind your back and lean your head on it, you're just saying like, I'm cool, I'm chill, I'm relaxed, I'm not stressed by this. Maybe you shouldn't be either, right? So talking in a calm and steady voice instead of getting more and more agitated as we talk helps set a calm setting for the room. Maybe even with the lighting in the room or, you know, depending on where you're meeting and what your budget is, making maybe having a diffuser that smells good or having some softer lighting or things that just make it a peaceful environment for people Yeah, um, is something yeah. that we can just do and we can create our, you know, we can control our own tone and our own body language and that projects on the room. You can feel a difference in the room when someone is tense or someone is calm. And when the leader is doing that, they're actually setting the mood for the room. Absolutely. I also think just never shooing someone else's mental health issues away. If someone says that they are experiencing a mental health problem, even if you are like, well, why is this a problem for you? It's real to them. And so acknowledging that it is real to them, I think it's really important. Yeah, for sure. You know, I was just thinking, I was telling, I told Mariel the other day, I said, you know, you'll really like Laura. She's a woman of peace because I've been in situations where I've been anxious about something and you and I've been talking and you have this presence about you that is so peaceful. And you're right. It has that effect on other people to do that. And, and, you know, as you were talking, I was reminding myself, we're called to do that. Yeah. We're called to bring peace. We are. Oh, thank you. So so sweet. (laughs) What a, what a beautiful example of that. Well, so the book is available right right now wherever yeah, wherever at least February sixth. So anywhere books are sold, it is there. Awesome, awesome. And I think you were mentioning to me you have some other resources available to folks. I also have a free guide on how to um, biblically care for yourself. I hope I get the title right. I think it's just called self care isn't selfish; it's biblical. Okay, and that is a free resource that's on my website, or if you're on my Instagram on my link tree, it's linked there too. So, um, free okay. resource to download and get you started on some ways to really start caring for yourself. Excellent. We will put links in the show notes for folks to be able to get to your book and to get to that free awesome. resource that you have available. What's next? What are you working on next? I just turned in one book yesterday, which is super exciting, a manuscript, and that'll probably be releasing. Thank you. In about 14 months. And I have another book that will probably be releasing in about 12 months, maybe just depending on editing process. So lots of fun stuff coming up. Yeah, it'll be really fun to uh, kind of start diving into the editing edits on both of those books and, and see where God takes those as well. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I know if folks follow you on Instagram, they'll get updates on the books that you're publishing and all those dates and all that good stuff and how to get a hold of all of some of your past books as well. 
For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Laura, it has been such a gift to talk with you. And, you know, these are topics that I think I mentioned to you already are just very close to my heart. So I'm so glad that we had a chance to chat today. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. Well, I so enjoyed that conversation with Laura. I hope you did as well. You probably would agree with me that she is a peaceful and joyful presence. You could just feel it when you talk to her. She's so gifted as a writer, and she really just has this way of making God's truth accessible for everybody. And I just thought that was such a great conversation. Here are a couple of my specific takeaways from the conversation. The first one, I I really loved the story she told in the very beginning of our conversation about how Brett, her husband, helped her to move forward on the thing that had always been in her heart that she wanted to do. You know, since she was a little girl, she wanted to be a writer, but she kind of was afraid to even articulate that feeling like it was just too big. And I love the encouraging voice that our spouses can play or that we can play as a spouse or as a friend or as a coach or as a mentor, as a leader to someone to say, well, why don't you do that thing? You know, she she said, Brett kept asking her, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you? (laughs) To the point where she had built up the courage and knew she had the support to move forward with the thing that God had placed in her heart when she was just a child. What a great, what a great story there. The second big takeaway for me, we had a lot of conversation about some of the practices that we can use to invite Jesus into our anxiety and our mental health challenges. And what struck me about all of them was that the one kind of requirement really across any of them is a degree of intentionality. We have to intentionally recognize that we're having a moment of anxiety or a moment of irritation or concern or anger or fear or whatever it might be and take a minute to invite the Lord into that, I realize that's work, right? But the benefit of that, the fruit of that is is certainly worth it. Just to recap some of the things that we talked about, we talked about tending to our physical needs. Are we getting enough rest? Are we getting enough water? Are we moving our bodies? Those types of things, which probably for many of us is one of the biggest challenges. The second one, second practice we talked about was being in community, intentionally building friendships and being in community with other people making sure we're spending time in the word, in the Bible and in prayer. And, you know, kind of this theme overall that we talked about around remembering that we are in the here and now, not the then and there, staying present to where we are and inviting the Lord into that with us. You know, we also talked a lot about this reality that so many of us live with, that we believe some negative things about ourselves. You know, we believe we're too needy or we're messy or we are never on time or whatever the thing is that we might believe about ourselves, those are shame statements and those are not from the Lord. And whenever we have a feeling like that about ourselves, it's actually a pretty good opportunity to stop and say, wait a second, Lord, what do you really think of this? Because that belief is probably causing some of our anxiety. And then the last point I thought was really important towards the end of the conversation, we talked about our role as leaders to bring peace. You know, that's a biblical mandate that we are called to be bringers and bearers of peace. And bringing a calming presence into a situation is something that we can do as leaders to help folks on our team, help folks around us, help folks in our families to deal with, to be able to work through their anxiety, not not shushing it away, but really saying this is a role that, that we can play. Uh, We can't do all the work for everyone else, but we can 
bring the level of anxiety in the room down to something a little bit more manageable for folks. So here's my challenge for you today coming off of this conversation. I really would like to encourage you to think about where can you be more intentional in caring for yourself and for your own mental well-being? You know, we all entertain these negative thoughts about ourselves. And I just, I want to really encourage you to remember that those thoughts are never consistent with what the Lord thinks of you. And I want to remind you to invite him in, in those moments, intentionally to heal those places where you're living in self-condemnation that is probably leading to some of the anxiety that you might be feeling. I really want you to check out Laura's new book. Again, it's called Holy Care for the Whole Self, and it should be available wherever you buy books. She also mentioned a free download resource. We're going to have a link to that in the show notes, so I hope that you'll check that out as well. I really hope you're loving The Faith Driven Leader. We would love to hear from you, whether you have an idea for a guest, or you have some feedback for us, or you just want to say hello. Shoot us a direct message on Instagram or LinkedIn and check in with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again to Laura Smith for joining us today on the show. We will see you next time on The Faith Driven Leader.